Listen in to an on-air coaching call on how to pivot your brand and business from pair of hands to sought-after expert with my guest, Diana Dini, on this episode of the Enough Ready Podcast. Had enough? Ready to turn your career into your own consulting and coaching business? You're in the right place. I'm Betsy Jordan, and with my background as a consultant, entrepreneur, and personal brand builder, I'm here to give you inspiration and guidance to own your brilliance, shape your brand, articulate your message, and get seen and paid as the expert that you already are. This is Enough Already, the place for consultants and coaches to learn how to create businesses and lives that they love. Hi there, and welcome to the Enough Already podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jordan, and today I'm trying something brand new on my podcast. I'm gonna try some on-air coaching with my guest, Diana Dini, who I met a few weeks ago. So Diana and I, we had this like great business meet cute. So we were at the Speaking Skills Intensive Retreat that was hosted by Speaking Your Brand, which was, by the way, an amazing experience for so many reasons. One of those reasons was as I met amazing people like Diana, who's this quality engineering consultant. So when Diana and I met, she seemed like she already knew me. So I'm like, okay, how did you already know me? She's like, oh yeah, I met, we met online because she bought one of my courses and she went on and on about my courses, which was so validating. But what was really fun for me is when she was mirroring back some of the words that I was using in this consulting training, which is all around how to get out of that pair of hands trap and be seen and treated more as a strategic partner and expert advisor. So when she mentioned that this is something that she was working on for a while and that my course was really helping her, so I thought, hmm, I would love to have you on the podcast. And I kind of had that thought in my head. But then we were all practicing our speaking skills in front of the group. And we were all working on our signature talk. And so I already knew from meeting Diana, she's super brilliant as an engineer. She just comes across as so knowledgeable. But when she got up on stage, she was a natural. She had this wicked sense of humor, and I thought, oh my goodness, she is such a unique combo of skills. So she's an engineer with all of this great sense of humor. I'm like, I got to get my branding hands on her. So after she did her presentation, I begged her, please, please, please let me put you on the branding hot seat for my podcast. And she graciously agreed. So she's been wonderful, willing to be on the hot seat with me. So on today's episode, you're going to be a fly on the wall as Diane and I tap into her ideal business model. So she has a consulting business, but there's other things that she really wanted to do, which became much more clear through our conversation. We really dialed into her unique superpowers. And some of it has to do with that presentation skill. So you'll hear more about how it all relates. And we talked about how she can stand out for the clients that she wants to serve. So we also brainstormed on different ways that she can position some of the program ideas which were really different than what she was initially thinking. So it worked out great because she was able to take these ideas that she was percolating on and turn it into something that's much more valuable for her audience. So if you've been inspired by some of my guests that I've been going through in my podcast recently on with Renee and with Jennifer, with Roy, with Jahan, and how they discovered how to build a business out of the best of who they are, and you've been thinking, that's all great, Betsy. I'm so glad that you got this inspiration, but could you tell me a little bit more about how you make this magic happen? This is the episode for you. So you're gonna see what it's like when I work with a client and how I draw out of them that brilliance and how we give words to express that brilliance. If that's something that you've been looking for, this is the episode for you. So, and if you want my personal help too, by all means, I would love to work with you. Head on over to my website at www.betsyjordanwithay.com forward slash schedule and book some time with me and I would love to chat with you about your business idea. 
So in the meantime, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the podcast, Diana. Thanks for having me, Betsy. So it's been really fun because we've spent some time recently together in person at the retreat where you went to a speaking retreat together. And um, I got a chance to find, get to know you. And I didn't realize like you had purchased one of my courses all those years ago. Um, so could you tell me a little bit more about like, tell me more about you. How did you, how did we get connected and, and what is your background? Yes, um, I'm an engineer. And I've been consulting um, for about 15 years now. Um, but it's the kind of consulting where I wasn't uh, I was the extra set of hands, which is the phrase I learned from your, <laughs> from your course. Um, and it was very valuable work. I really appreciated it and the opportunities. Um, I learned a lot. I was able to uh, keep involved with my technical community while I had um, other uh, life obligations like family and stuff like that. Um, so uh, I reached a point though, where uh, I was coaching people on an individual basis with the contracts that I had. And I wanted to reach out to more people. And uh, so I identified the, the people that I wanted to serve. And I thought about um, who I needed to become in order to best serve them. Uh, I would talk with them about how they learned things. Um, and I just came to the conclusion that I needed to be a little bit better with uh, or get involved with YouTube videos and videos and podcasting and creating content. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to be a coach to other people, then I should be willing to be coached and <laughs> reach out for the skills that I need too. Um, and that is how I found your website. And uh, it feels like ages ago because I have changed so much in the last year, but I, I want to say it's just been a little over a year, maybe 15 months or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, it was a valuable course for me. Usually I'm exposed to something and I'm one of those people that I, I don't buy right away. I kind of hang around and, <laughs> and look at, you know, is this going to be a right fit for me? Um, but uh, it wasn't that way with you. And that was a unique um, situation with me where I, I visited your site. You were exactly the person I needed to help me with the training that I felt that I needed to be get become better to better serve my customers and um and that's how that's how I found your course and got involved and and used your course to help with my business so okay let's go back thank you so much for those compliments I really appreciate that um I will go back to the 15 years so you've been so you I, I think I recall you saying you have a quality engineering background were you working for those 15 years as an internal consultant? Were you working for a firm or have you been on your own for the past 15 years? What have you been? Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. So I, I did grad, I have an engineering degree, mechanical, um, and I went right into the workforce and I loved it. And I had a chance to work um, on a very technological project. It was an implantable heart pump. And it was a small group that was developing this, and uh, they were very cutting edge, forward thinking people. And that's where I got exposed to quality and reliability engineering. They, uh, they mentored me, they, they were um, uh, helped expose me to, to this new, new world of quality and reliability. 
And it really is the kind of topic where you are exposed to it on the job. And if you decide you like it, then you can pursue it on your own. Uh, and there are some professional societies that can help with that. Um, and you usually look for a mentor. So the whole quality and reliability thing really spoke to me. Uh, so when I moved out of that technological high-tech place and back into uh, more standard manufacturing, I, I continued to apply the same principles that I learned. Um, and just how I got into consulting is, uh, you know, the last couple of years with this pandemic, we've um, all been talking and thinking about life work balance, work-life balance. And um, that's what happened to me about 15 years ago, because I, I am a woman engineer. Um, and I started a family. Um, I had had a baby boy. And I had full intention to go back full time, because I loved my job. I loved what I did. But it just wasn't working for my family at the time. So um I decided to, to step back from the full-time role, um, and I'm fortunate um, and grateful that the company that I was working with um, uh, offered to continue consulting with me and, uh, and contract using my services, and that's kind of how it all started. Um, and so I developed my own company, and um, so I've had my own LLC for a few years now, and um, I've consulted for several different companies, and it's still fun. It's just enjoyable work, and I enjoy meeting the new people and, and helping them with their problems and, and helping them to get past whatever roadblocks that they have. Um, so that's that's how I got into it, and, and that's how I've stayed into it, um, just purposeful choices and, and um, being, being willing to be available and um, being able to work it out, I guess. So it sounds like then, so you, it sounds like you have a long-term connection to being an engineer. And so you got a degree in engineering and then you got into a company and quality really spoke to you. So that became more of like your area of expertise, loved it. And then when you had children, you didn't love the hours and you wanted to have more balance. So you're like, all right, I want to do this. And I want to do it kind of like my own way. And luckily the company you work for said, Hey, cool, you can come be a consultant. So you're like, Oh, this works. And then you started your LLC. And so that's where we're at. And it sounds like then, and through your consulting, it sounds like you kind of hit a different crossroads. You hit a crossroads when you had your child and then you hit a different one of saying, Hey, I think I want to be leveraged more in a coaching kind of role and that kind of thing. And that's how we came together. Is that, am I hearing this accurately? That's yes. Yes. You nailed it. And um, I never thought about that as being two transformations, <laughs> but yes, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. The, the uh, starting the family and then just um, in the last couple of years here, just wanting to do more outreach and be able to do more and help more people. So it sounds like you're in a rebranding process. So it sounds like you kind of slipped into a consulting business and now you're at a point where it's like, all right, I want, I want this to be, you know, a, I want to become a brand. I want to elevate my visibility. I want to elevate my perception. I want to leverage how I'm, I want to, I want to switch up how I'm being leveraged by my clients and all of this comes together. So I imagine 
if it was part of this big process, you built, you bought the course for me over here, and then you signed up for the Thought Leader Academy, which is what you and I are connected through over here. And that seems like the bigger picture what's going on. Did I get that right? Yes. Cool. So you're in a rebranding process. So that's really cool. Because a lot of, so I don't know, is this new, a new thought like of seeing yourself in a rebranding process or does it just seem like an evolutionary part of your process? Uh, It seems like an evolutionary process (laughs) because um, I do enjoy it. And I, I, I'm trying to keep my eye on, on the future and make strategic decisions with my business. And, um, but I have, I have grown and changed so much in the last year and a half. Um, with, with you and with the speaking your brand. And um, so I guess I haven't really stopped to look up from treading water. <laughs> so, and, and I've moved and I've made positive progress in the way that in where I'm going, I just, um, I guess maybe what I need to stop doing is doing the breaststroke and just tread water for a little bit and maybe reorient where I'm heading or just double check it. So um, or how's this, how's this for an idea? Maybe like pop out of the pool for a little bit and just say, wait a minute, let me take a look at what I'm doing here. And, or maybe just like watch the game tapes or something where it's just taking that pause and that beat. I like that. I, that analogy and watching the game tapes. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So let's, let's pop out of the pool for a minute and let's look at the game tapes. So let's, let's talk about that. Cause that would, this is, this could be fun. We can see if we could do a little bit of like rebranding on the fly. You want to play with me on that? I'm up for fun. Okay. So, all right. So you said, you know, who you want to help. So who is it that you want to help? Cause that's the number one thing. When I work with my clients through the brand positioning outside of identifying their lifestyle priorities and you know, what they really want to do at this phase of their life, which seems like, well, let's back up. Let's do that first. I'm going to do the, I'm going to ask you similar questions of what I do in the brand program. Has anything changed in your life? So now you had, before you had a newborn, now you have a 15 year old. Is there other life priorities that are becoming more important that are different than when you were a new mom? Um, I would say I ended up having uh, two children. So now, now I have an 11 year old and a 15 year old. Um, (laughs) And is it a girl or two boys or a boy and a girl? It's a boy and a girl. Oh, the 11 year, the 11 year olds are going to middle school soon. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's ready. I'm sorry. Middle school is worse. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, uh, you know, I'm still, uh, doing all that and that's still a priority. You know, I still, uh, you know, I, I would want to be, um, around and parenting them, but I, I am looking toward the future to, um, maybe do some more travel for speaking engagements and, um, meeting more people that I can, can help and help transform the, the way that they're thinking. And, um, instead of, I think before I, I've always worked with other quality and reliability engineers, um, in a group coaching, coaching other departments in the company. Um, and just from, as a quality engineer, you, you get to play and interact with everyone across the company, just as a matter of, you know, quality is an overarching idea that affects everything in the whole business. Um, so that is also valuable just to be able to, um, 
bring that perspective. Oh, Betsy, help me get back on track. Now I so, feel like I'm wandering. Okay. So what, so in terms of your lifestyle priorities, being available for your kids is still important, but it seems like they don't need you quite as much. So now you're looking at, um, doing more travel, having opportunities to go more broadly. So like now you have more freedom to think about taking different kinds of stages or take or elevating kind of how you're seen in the marketplace. So you're, it sounds like you're trying to increase your impact compared yes. to before because you have more time. That's that that's exactly right. Okay. So um other things to consider, you know, when when I go through this part of the process with my clients, it's really focusing on other I, I like to put like intentions in front of what it is that you want to do, what you want your business to deliver. So um, before one of your intentions might be to be with your, your kids and it's probably still there growing your impact. Other kinds of intentions that um, clients might say is like, I want more control over my earning power. I want to be able to have um, location independence. Like for me, a big change for me when I first started my business was being there for my kids but as my kids are getting ready to leave and I'm getting married in a month, like I want location independence. Like I want to be able to travel and have my business go anywhere. You know, is there anything else that you're kind of looking forward to around? Like, I want my, I want my business to go with me. You'd mentioned before we got on the call specifically, like you wanted to start a membership or do other things. Is there some of that kind of stuff where it's like, Hey, it'd be kind of cool that my business can go with me and I don't, I'm not so dependent on having to be at the client site and doing all the heavy duty work, like more reducing labor intensity might be that, another one. That That is true. Um, I, I am not as interested in flying around the world to different client sites for a one-off meeting. Um, I do want to have something that's centralized where I can um, outreach from a central place. I do value travel. Um, with COVID, everything kind of took a back burner with that. With that. Um, but it is nice to be able to take off and travel uh, with, with my husband. Uh, we do enjoy that. And the, the other thing I'm looking for is, um, and he's providing a lot of the, the monetary benefits for the family. Um, and it might be a, a case where I'd like to build up this business. So maybe, maybe in 10 years or so, he can pursue some of his other activities and I can be the primary uh, person bringing in uh, the money value for the family. Um, but that's just, uh, I guess that's where I'd eventually like to head with that, to have it grow and, and be profitable for us. So this is great. So these are really important things that you're talking about is one, when you talked about travel, like you want time freedom so that you can travel. That's one of the things that when you said travel, I would put it to like time freedom so that you can travel. Yes. And so it sounds like you want to elevate your, your impact. You also, so you want more, reduce your labor intensity, increase your ability to have more, um, more time freedom to travel. And then you have another intention there is that you want to have your business scaled up to a point where you're replacing not just whatever you might've made in the past, but your husband's salary and having it in some sort of predictable way where you can confidently, where he can confidently leave. And then maybe in 10 years when your kids are out, like that travel thing might become more. So perhaps there is a location independence kind of goal. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
So here's what I probably suggest you do just as this is one of the things I do with my clients is just like, kind of like capture all of that. So you don't lose sight of your intentions. There's to me, there's a difference between intentions and goals. Like goals are like, I want to achieve this by this particular time. And COVID taught us like, we don't always have control over our goals, <laughs> but we definitely have control of our, our intentions. And so that's one of the things like I forgot when I started my business, like, hey, wait a minute, I want to be home with my kids. And then, you know, I have like a existential crisis when I'm often, you know, on international assignments and my kids are home with a nanny, you know, so it's like, always remember that. So let's, if you can do that, that would be great. Um, does that, does that sound good? Yes. All right. Let's move to the next one. Let's talk about your ideal client. So you said, you know, exactly who you want to serve. Um, who is it that you want to serve? Do you serve quality engineers or do you serve somebody else in the business? Like who, if you had it all your way, who do you fill in? Who do you want to fill your pipeline with? I want to, um, coach and help product design engineers. So the people that are deciding, you know what, this, we're going to have the user do this action for our product, or we're going to spec out this, um, supplier to do to, for this part of, of our product. Um, so product design engineers and then the, uh, their managers, the new product development managers who are overseeing the whole, the whole process. So um, when, when you say product development engineers, are they the ones who are going to call you and pay you or are they, who's the person who is actually going to call you and pay you? I'm, I'm envisioning the membership site to be product development engineers, um, but I'm also offering consulting for the product development managers on how to incorporate it all into their process. So you were mentioning you wanted to elevate. So can we talk a little bit about this ideal client? Like, cause there's a difference between the difference between a B2B or a B2C business is depending on like who hires you and to what end and if they are in what, whose budget are they paying out of? So do you imagine that your quality engineer or the product development engineers are going to join your membership and are they paying you out of their own money for their own personal development or are they paying, is the company, is this a development experience that their company is going to pay for? I am targeting the first for their paying out of pocket. Um, but I I honestly, I need to develop this more because I, I foresee what I would like the first one for the product development engineers to pay me out of pocket. Um, but I, I foresee an easier path through the B, B2C, through a company that wants to evolve and they, um, the membership and my coaching is part of a package that they purchase for this evolution for their product development group. So, um, what about the VP of product development? Like where's, why, why are we looking at the managers and not at the VPs? If you're talking about for the consulting side, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Maybe that's who I should be looking at. I think that there's a couple of different ways to go. And this is where the ideal client is super important. Um, if you're talking to like, gosh, I want to, you know, serve younger versions of me or someone like that, who. Um, I can help them at a very individual level, you know, they're, they're going to be looking at like the, your competitive set, like how they're going to be associating it with the different alternatives will be different than I help like a VP of product development, you know, really optimize their product development lifecycle and, you know, you put their players in the right place. 
they have a different competitive set. So you have like different problems that you want to solve. So when you're really talking about elevating your brand, it's really clarifying like your ideal client and the problem that you're there to solve and like kind of making that strong association. So if you think between these different audiences, like if you had it all your way and your world rises and set on, on one of these groups of people you mentioned, like the product development engineers, the product development managers or the product development VPs from your passion standpoint. And I just, I just love to wake up every day to help this person, which is, which out of these would be the most interesting to you? The individual engineers. So you might be looking at a B2C business and evaluating them. What would be their problem from their perspective that would make them reach out to someone like you? Being involved in uh, product developments that aren't successful um, or or they feel um, disenfranchised or frustrated by, by, their, by their projects. Um, they want to be recognized as a star performer, but they're not quite sure how to do that. That's the, that's a, now, now that one that you're cooking with gas on that last one, but can you play, can you explain that one a little bit more? So star performers are seen as the people that are proactive at finding problems and identifying risks and then doing something about it. And there are also people that are work well within other functional groups of the company. Um, so the quality tools and methods that I promote, they help in both of those aspects because they are uh, they're frameworks that you can use or an engineer could use to um, get marketing expertise information um, and get information from sales and from commercial operations or the field people and to be able to gather their ideas and their their thoughts and expertise into inputs that can affect their design so they can have fabulous designs that and design concepts that everybody's more on board with there's less hiccups and headaches you know as as they're developing the project um, it's it's a smoother smoother design development process for them um, and then also uh, they're also risk-based and forward-thinking to help them identify those problems early before they start even drawing out the engineering drawings. You know, identify uh, the potential problems and design them out. Sounds like you have a competency model of some kind for what is a product development engineer, a star product development engineer that you develop your clients to. So you're. It sounds like you equip and empower people. These product development engineers with the strategies, the skills and the tools to be star performers, which I imagine would allow them to, um, you know, take charge of their career in a different way and, um, you know, be on the succession plan, grow their compensation and all those other good stuff. But it sounds also you have like a competency model or at least an intuitive one in your mind that you develop your clients against. Is that, am I hearing that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting because it seems like, so it seems like you have a couple different parts of you. So you're definitely, you definitely got that engineer background. Let's talk about your superpowers. So I think I, I did give you some pre-work for you to play around with. So I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at that pre-work. I, I did. And there was, there was, um, I tried. 
because I'm I'm hearing a little bit of an I I'm hearing a lifelong connection to the engineer archetype that you've always been that engineer person or at least I'm or maybe when you give your signature talk you have a picture of your daughter like fixing things and I picture your daughter as younger version like just like you when you were little is is that is that you or are you and your daughter alike or am I just reading into it from what I saw in that picture? Yeah, it well as far as um my parents are do-it-yourselfers and they were always involved me and my sister in uh, what they were doing plumbing electrical that they had built their own house um, so we we're just a family that we roll up our sleeves and we we get it done and we um, uh, and we do it <laughs> um, but the the other part of it is um, from childhood is uh, just perf- performing. I played the piano and I gave performances. I played in choirs and I was in the pit for musicals and, and all that stuff. Um, and so I'm, I do find myself parenting my daughter in a similar way. <laughs> she is like my little mini me. Um, she looks a lot like me. And, um, yeah, I get, I get both of my kids involved in fixing stuff around the house and, and the creative arts and all that stuff. Uh, did that answer your question? Oh, I'm just, so for sure the engine, so you might've been raised in that family, but it seems like you have natural skills in this area to like mechanical stuff somehow, or, or, or how things function makes sense to you. Yeah, I, I guess I do. And, and it's also fun. I, I build stuff around the house. I do my do it yourself. My microwave broke the turntable. I fixed it. Oh, wow. I fixed the furnace in the basement. Uh, you know, and I, I tune up the, uh, the lawnmower. Um, so, so all of those are, I view them as practical skills, but um, I do them myself and I'm not afraid to, and I, I do enjoy it. So, okay. So that one feels solid. So looking at your secondary, I'm hearing a couple things from what you're saying. So which one feels more like you? So there's a little bit of like a performer side that you were mentioning being up on stage, but there's another stage type of role that has a different kind of energy, which is more like that teacher, you know, somebody who likes to impart knowledge and skills and wisdom to other people you know, or, or the mentoring, you mentioned you did the coaching, like which of those two is more you is like, are you more motivated? Like, I just want to be up on stage and be funny. And I want everybody to laugh and be entertained. Or do you rather be up on stage and people are actually learning something as a result, like you're passing on mastery to other people? I would rather pass on mastery to other people. Okay. So that's interesting. So the engineer, like, so imagine if you're going to create any sort of on-demand asynchronous learning, it's going to be a step-by-step course kind of thing with a bunch of frameworks and step-by-step and it's instruction. So when you're talking about the membership, this kind of makes sense given where you're going is that maybe your superpower is um, providing this particular audience, which makes sense because you could relate to them, but you're the teacher to them. So you're like more of like a, you know, the career teacher for, for um, product development engineers and helping them. And that might be where you might stand out is because of that teaching side, they might be getting education from other places who can talk technical to technical, but you could do the technical, but you have the teaching component to you. So I imagine when you do even your signature talk, there's a teaching component 
And I remember sitting, I, I watched part of your signature talk, which is amazing. But I mean, I still remember, you know, when you, you're, cause I remember your point was that quality needs to be at the front of the line. And like, I visually can imagine what you were doing. So that must, I, that seems to make sense to me, but tell me what's your reaction, your thoughts. Um, that is how I was structuring my membership site um, was as an educational program for engineers to go through step-by-step. Step. Um, I'm structuring it in the way that they would develop a product. And, and then I pepper in, so I'm trying to meet them at their place. Like, well, I'm, I'm doing this right now. What are some of the quality and reliability things I should be looking at at this state state? that I'm developing a project, you know, what can I do at this phase? Um, so I'm, I'm designing the membership site to be a course like that, that they would then have available that they could go back and uh, reference after they've gone through the course. So, hey, I, I just started a new product, pr new project. Um, we're starting from, I'm, I'm, or I'm coming in in the middle of this project, whether some of the things that we should have had or we could have done? Do, do we need to catch up? Or what are some of the things I can focus on at this point um, in, in my work with this project? So in terms of like the order of your archetypes, it seems like number one is your engineer, number two is your teacher, and underneath it is a little, a little splash of that performer because you're going to make it fun. Yeah, I would, with quality, reliability, um, you do have to make it fun. <laughs> like fun for, according to how they would find it fun. Like they're, yeah, yeah. Like they're not like necessarily the, you know, the marketing team, you know, or the HR yeah. team, you know, but you'll make it fun from their standpoint. Yes. Okay. So here's, so this is all very interesting because so you're, so I think we've clarified that you're looking to create a business that will definitely give you, so there's a lot of things that feel like really good alignment, you know, is that we're looking at creating a business that will give you a lot more financial flexibility, scale and growth and um, less pressure, reduce the labor intensity because you you're not necessarily looking at building a consulting business anymore. You're looking to build a mentoring coaching business is, yes. is potentially where that next piece would be. And when you're talking about your signature talk and where you want people to monetize is that you don't want to get brought in by these lower level people to take, to, um, to join, to do work in the organization. You want to equip that person with the skills and the abilities to do whatever they need to do for the project. So you're kind of like, if you're staying in corporate, you would have gone up the ladder and you might've mentored these people. Like now you're kind of building that type of business. And then, and that really leverages your, your trifecta of superpowers where you're engineering and it's going to be structured. So it's going to match their brain, but you're a teacher. So you're going to, you're going to transmit mastery to them and political mastery and all the other kinds of mastery that they might not be thinking about with the templates and tools. And because you got that performer side, like you're going to, you know, in sense of humor, you're going to make it fun for them. So as part of that value proposition. Is this all like, is this all as a summary? Does this make sense? What would you add, change and delete to what I just said? I wouldn't change anything. And it's, it's just nice. Um, it makes me feel, feel good. It's, it's uh, sort of like you're validating my vision. <laughs> so, so yes, that, that is, uh, that is my hopes and dreams in two sentences that you, <laughs> that you summarized. Yeah. Cool. So can I give you um, some next steps of what I would recommend you do? Yes. 
So just from my own experience of starting to creating courses, um, and some of the courses sold, sold and some of them didn't, um, I would recommend you do a market scan. And here's what I would suggest you do. You, what you want to do is you want to interview the product development engineers themselves. And what you want to listen for is where are the unmet and unmet needs that they have as it relates to their development and their career development. You want to look at who they're going to now and what they're doing right now. So you want to look for the unmet needs and you want to look at what have they tried that hasn't worked like. So what do they do on their own to develop their career and become that star um, that star performer in their organization, like what are they doing now and why is that not working, you know, or what are they paying for and why is that not working? And you really want to ask them what their dream solution is, because before you want to build a whole membership site, they might want the membership site or they might want what like what, cause I, I thought a lot of my clients, like they would want the membership site, but they really want one-on-one personal stuff. So I have courses that I offer, but they are really more as the foundation of my mentoring, you know, and they want more of that one-on-one your clients might be like, okay, I want the course. That's great. But if I could have some weekly one-on-one sessions with you, and maybe like, if I could have you available on call, you know, as I deal with specific issues with my clients, like, I don't know, I've got to go, I'm leading a meeting tomorrow. Can you look at my project charter and tell me what you think, or maybe they want something like that. So it would be good before you put too much pen to paper on that part to do that market scan. The other thing that I would recommend you do when you do the market scan is make sure that you record every session. So you have a different, so there's people that you've worked with that you definitely want to ask the questions in a particular way so that you could get testimonials and case studies and the people you don't know, you definitely are learning some things, but for all of them, you want to record it and transcribe it because it will help you with the analysis part for sure to identify the themes of like, all right, what are people really saying without you layering in? Cause sometimes when we take notes, a lot of times, like this is what happens where a lot of my clients, when we're, when we do market scans or send them off to do market scans is they will only listen for what they want to hear and they won't hear like, they're going to be the hammer looking for the nail. I'm like, yeah, you all really want that. And it's like, well, they didn't actually say that, did they? (laughs) When I only look at it. So make sure you do that. But then the other benefit of getting it transcribed is that's like copy gold. Like you can just put it on your website. I know you were in the middle of some website changes, Mm -hmm. but if you are going after this particular audience, I would be much more explicit. Like I am, I am a, you know, you can call it like I'm the career teacher for um, product development engineers and, you know, work with me and I will help you become, you know, the star, the star performer, you know, who has, um, you know, who can write their own career ticket kind of thing. And then you could see your website start to kind of build itself out. Like your opt-in might be as, you know, if it's a star that could be your core framework, you know, with your competencies. So it's like, okay, maybe S is strategic and T is, um, you know, like the R will be relational T is technical, you know, and a is authentic or something like that. It's like, maybe that's your star model and you have a set of competencies against them. They could download something where they could self-assess, you know, like, how am I mm-hmm. doing? And then they that then that could lead them to, you know, your programs of whatever kind. So it's like, you might want to pivot things in that way. I kind of like that star model. What do you think? Yeah, I like it too. I don't know what the T would be. Well, I guess you still need technical skills, strategic, technical, definitely relational. I don't know. What would the A be? 
Um, and now, and analysis, analysis of risk. Or no, wait, wait, something you said about being proactive. Uh, what's the autonomy or maybe something about autonomy or what, what's an A word for someone who takes initiative activator or, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like, cause you were saying that these are the people who are going to be, you know, looking for the opportunities rather than waiting for them to come to you. So, right. and maybe someone along those lines. So it's like, okay, here's the four competencies of a star performer. They're strategic. They're technically sound. They automatically uh, look for opportunities instead of waiting it, you know, or something that we can come up with. And then the R, you know, that they're relationally savvy and, you know, turn it into an assessment. That's your opt-in. And then when they get the assessment, then you could identify and say, oh, well, you know, here's my results. And, you know, now you can join my membership site and I have all kinds of things that will help you develop this competency. Yeah, that's, um, I, I like this path and it is getting more to the core of, um, who, who it is I want to help. And I did, I did develop a framework, um, and I called it prune because when you do this stuff early, just from a business ROI, um, the, uh, products are more successful in the, in the field, there's higher uh, profitability. And then companies also have a higher market share. Um, but that is more focused toward like the VPs and how they structure their um, new product development processes. So, so that could be one of your modules is like, well, how do you work with um, like, that could be like, that could be, you could have probably have like lots of frameworks underneath it. So it's like the, um, but that could be something that that's a tool that you've created for them on how do you, how do they need to go work with their VPs and set things up in a particular way? Oh, so it's that's like, true. So it's like all this stuff that you created as a consultant. So the course that you have, which is my consultant's toolbox is a lot of the ways that I wound up, um, how I wound up using my tools is I had them designed initially for corporate clients. And then I just rejiggy them to say, well, this is a tool that you could personally use now with your clients. And so taking the same thing. So you could take all of your existing assets, tweak them a little bit and say, all right, so now here's my prune models. This is how I've used the prune model with my clients to help them set up the projects for success and apply quality principles to bring, you know, oh. you know, then it's like with just a little bit of saying, okay, so now this is how you use this tool with your clients. Yeah, because they may need that in order to say, because uh, I promote early FMEAs, they're called a uh, failure mode effects analysis, and nobody seems to like them. <laughs> Some people love them and a lot of people just hate them. Um, but I promote uh, early and iterative use of them because it does help a group think about the potential stuff and to identify those important design themes that they need early. Um, but it might, it might need um, convincing of the, either the project manager or the VP of uh, the VP in order to say, yeah, okay, let's start it early. I can see the benefit for that. Uh, but the engineer would still be getting the credit and the, uh, 
the star performance status for getting that started early. Because the star is what you're from what, what we, I mean, we, if we were working together more extensively, we'd be fleshing this out like over, you know, a period of time, not over like, you know, 30 minute conversation. But, uh, but if your promise is that I'm going to turn you into a star performer, you know, then it's like, okay, so you want to have a core framework that would match what your overall brand promise is. Yep. And then you could have like the prune framework and some other frameworks. You probably have multiple frameworks. These are all part of your, your signature course that you can build in that will be part of the program because there's so many different skills that you have to equip them with. So the more you have all of these, all of these frameworks, they all can, you know, they all have a home, everything that you've created over these years all have a home. So it would be interesting. That would probably be another exercise. I would probably recommend after you do the market scan and you're clear, like, okay, there's going to be a course. You could also in the market scan, find out like, what skills are you, what are you lacking from their standpoint? And you can do some of that analysis and then start to structure your course. The other thing you could do before you do the signature course that I would highly recommend is just do a group coaching program like do a pilot that don't develop anything yet, like not permanently, don't like record everything, just get everybody in a group, start training them. And then you can start to see like, oh, would this be valuable? This, um, I, I can't remember the emissions or something, whatever you just said, the process is you can find, you know, find out from them, like, is this going to be a good thing or not? Yeah. So that's interesting. So this is really cool. So what, um, what comments, questions, feedback do you have on, your, um, where we're going and what the next steps are, or is there other next steps that you see would be beneficial for you to more activate this vision? Oh, it, it's a matter of, I feel like I've been churning and generating ideas and getting things together and putting myself out there. And now I, now I need to deliver that. That's the, um, I kind of feel like the rubber needs to meet the road and I need to, <laughs> and it's just self-imposed pressure to move. Come on, like, come on already. I've been coached, you know, I'm, I'm ready. Let's, let's get this thing going. Um, so it's just a matter of um, maybe like you said, having some coaching programs and stuff, but um, a benefit to all of this idea is that, uh, in my consulting work and just coming up through uh, uh, corporate with quality engineering, these are the people that I coached already. So um, I've had a lot of coaching sessions with them, but I can see the value in getting a group together from different companies too. And um, just seeing how the dynamics of that work out and getting their feedback and comments on that. So that may be a way that I can just get things started. Well, a simple thing would just be is, you know, as you do the market scan, you could test the trial balloon, the idea, like, would you be interested in a group coaching program? They may be interested, they may not be. And then you could co-create it with them. It's like, well, if you were, what would you like to learn? What, how much would you pay? What would that look like? And now you've got all of this information. What would be the value that you would come away with? And now you've got all of these things recorded. And so the sales page for your group coaching program will kind of will already be written in a particular way anyway. And then you could start selling that. I think that the big thing here that um, I would caution you on is if you're going for these project engineers in a B2C way, it's a very different business model than what you had before. 
So it's like, it's being very clear to saying, I want to help project engineers. Um, I mean, product engineers. So um, being very explicit around like when you're doing visibility strategies, like, well, where are these people? How are they going to find you when you're doing your speaking gigs? Like, are they in your audience? And then on your, when you're doing LinkedIn and other posting, just like be really clear. Um, and speaking of these product development engineers, if they want to find you, how would they get a hold of you? Like, what are like somebody who really wants to grow their career? They want to be able to experience the freedom like you have and the success that you have, like, how do they get a hold of you? Um, I have contact forms on my website and I do have a weekly newsletter that goes out. Um, and I, I get the emails. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. Do you have and, the addresses for these? Yes. Your, okay. Um, the, the, con, the website is qualityduringdesign.com. And that's the same name that I podcast under. And that's where uh, contact forms are. And, and they can comment on the blog posts too. And the uh, YouTube channel is under the same name. It's all under quality during design. Um, and my email is diana at quality during design.com. <laughs> um, so those are, those are all the ways that they can get in touch with me. Very cool. And so um, just kind of like as a wrap up, like as you picture your journey, you've been on this entrepreneurial journey for a while. So we just are working a little bit about refining, re refining and focusing your rebranding process, but you've been on this journey for a long time. Obviously you've been highly successful. It's been a great experience, but when you were first starting out 15 years ago, when you had your first child, like what would you, what advice would you give that younger version of you who was thinking about making that kind of move? Like what gave you the courage and what would you tell that person, that younger version of you? Uh, you know, I would say um, you, you just have to get started at putting yourself out there. I'm, I'm the kind of person I like to learn new things and then turn around and share it with other people and teach them about it too or to take something and find a new use for it. So I've, I found that the podcast and the blog posts on the website, they uh, help me process that. And, and then other people have found it useful too. Uh, but I had had a fear of putting myself out there, uh, a fear of being embarrassed uh, about looking stupid, <laughs> about somebody, um, you know, naysaying whatever I said or finding fault with it. Um, and none of that stuff has really happened. Um, I, I think generally the human race is kinder than, than we are to ourselves. Other people are kinder. Um, so I, for my younger self, I would recommend to, you know, I'm going to feel fear and nervousness every time I start a new thing. A, a new web page, a, a new podcast. Even when I started YouTube, I was a mess. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's okay; it works out, and it's worth it. And if I had started it way back then, I think of the library I would have had. That would have been pretty awesome. So your main advice would be is just just get started on the content. Don't worry about being seen. People, the human race is kinder than than you realize, or at least kinder than you are to yourself. You know, yeah. just, and just get, start getting the content out there. That's cool. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would want to tell me about your rebranding process, your learning, your thought leadership? Um, and I just didn't ask you the right question. 
No, no, I don't think so. I think um, I'm excited for the next steps. And I think you, you helped me reframe (laughs) some of the stuff that I, uh, some of the goals that I was having. And, and um, I think you helped give me some focus. You know, I I was already looking there, but uh, I think you helped laser it in and give me some more focus on, on how, how I should move forward. So I, I'm less tentative now than when we started our call. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you. Well, thank you for being on multiple hot seats with me. So I think this is the third hot seat you've been on with me. So <laughs> it's really, it's getting really hot in here, but <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, but you're awesome. I'm so excited that we got connected through speaking your brand. I think we do. We've both been in the Thought Leader Academy and we both have been stepping outside of our comfort zone around the speaking and thought leadership and taking bigger stages. So we both, I think, highly recommend speaking your brand as a wonderful experience. And if anything, uh, Carol Cox and Diane Diaz attracts the best people in the entire world. So I'm so grateful that I've gotten to know you. Actually, I got to know you through my own website, but I never knew you until we went to the retreat together. So yeah, we connected the dots at the retreat. Yes. Yeah. I felt like you were an old friend because I, you know, put my earbuds in and listened to your course for hours. <laughs> Which So you were like my, my walking buddy. I'd have the treadmill and my laptop on the treadmill and I would take notes or I would like bookmark spots in the, <laughs> in the videos. Um, but yes, your course I found very valuable. Um, and, uh, and then absolutely Carol Cox and Diane Diaz uh, with that retreat. And all the women that were there, I think that was, that was the best retreat I've ever been to. And just in terms of growth and meeting other people, and they just foster that open environment within everyone that we were all very supportive of each other. Uh, It was a very safe place to develop and kind of spread my wings a little. Um, And the best part was I got to meet one of my coaches in person, you. So that was really awesome. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And just as a vision, and I'll just end with a little bit of vision casting here for you is you, what, what I love about what Carol did and what I work on doing is like the more precise you are with your ideal client and the, the more you're going to attract the right tribe. And I think what made it powerful is like everybody in the same room was like trying to deal with the same thing and they had the same values. And I think as you really get layers or focus on this, um, this, uh, project product development engineer, you're going to be able to create a community that will have that kind of resonance. So I would just say, continue going in this path. I think it's awesome. And thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. And I I appreciate your, your coaching. We will stay in touch. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire in you, please rate and review enough already on Apple podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit me on my website at BetsyJordan.com and it's Betsy Jordan with a Y and you'll learn all about our end-to-end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait, start today.